Welcome to the Rediscover Italy podcast, a place for you to relive, revisit, and rediscover your love of Italy. My name is Laura Thayer. And I'm Cassandra Lina Santoro, and we're your host for this podcast that takes our shared love of Italy in all of its forms and brings it to you. In this episode, we'll be digging into everyone's favorite dream topic, living in Italy. But don't worry, even if that's not in your plans right now, this episode is full of ideas and information that will be just as useful when it comes time to thinking about where you want to travel in Italy, the right time to visit, and where to stay. Living in Italy is much different, obviously, than just traveling here, and we wanted to bring you into this world a bit. But, you know, I know there's lots of different expat platforms and stories and books you can read on it, but the idea on the podcast is to show you a different side of the culture in each place. So whether you want to move there or you want to just travel, we're thinking the best way to rediscover the country is to dig deeper into each of these locations. And that starts with understanding the basic lifestyle, season, tourist times, etc. So to dig into this, we'll be sharing a little bit about our personal experiences living in Italy, since between the two of us, we've covered a lot of ground, lived in a lot of different places for different lengths of time, so there's a lot to share there. And then we'll be asking the good questions, like, where should you live in Italy? What are you looking for in the Italian lifestyle? And how to get that local feel. Uh, Being a travel planner, Laura, I'm sure you've heard this as well many times, people are always asking me, how can I travel and feel like a local or temporarily live in Italy and immerse in the culture? So we're really hoping these topics will help you, again, whether you want to live abroad or you just want to travel there, um, you know, just a way for you to connect to the culture a bit more. Absolutely. And we do want you to find that local feel that's right for you in Italy. So let's get right into it, this, since this is such a fun topic. Uh, Cassandra, so why don't you tell me about some of the different places that you've lived in Italy? Well, I have a very particular kind of lifestyle. Those who follow me already know because I live six months in New York and then six months in Italy. And although um, majority of my summer, so about three months, is based on the Amalfi Coast, I hop around between the 20 regions. Uh, I've lived in the past because I've been, you know, been traveling for about uh, 15 years now. So I've lived in Florence. I've lived in Naples. I've lived in Sorrento, Rome, and spent significant time in Milan. So when it comes to choosing a place for a full-time location, Laura, I think you would be the go-to on this, but I'm happy later to chat about um, what it's like to live between all these places because it's super fun. Um, But out of a suitcase is a different kind of lifestyle. So why don't you take it from there? It is, yeah. I'm pretty much exactly the opposite because my only living in Italy experience is on the Amalfi Coast. And after about, I guess it's been nearly 14 years now, uh, there's a lot I could say. The number one thing, though, is that I absolutely love it. I love living here. I love the lifestyle. And I'm really grateful that I found the right fit. Because With everything I could say, the one thing I would say is that, believe it or not, living on the Amalfi Coast is not for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, with that being said, that's why it's so tough in general. And Laura, I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes people write me and say, you know, um, do you think I'd fit in on the Amalfi Coast? And or do you think that where do you think would be a good place for me? And it's just so hard to say that, as you said, because it's so personal. It literally is you know, a personal reason why you connect to one place over another. So it's hard for someone just to choose for you. You have to kind of go through it. That's exactly what we'll be getting into a little bit here is uh, 
just uh, how do you find that place that's the right fit for you if you're thinking of living in Italy? And I'd say first and foremost, for me at least, from my experience, I knew the first time that I set foot in Amalfi that it was my place, mm-hmm. that I, I loved it, I connected to it. And Italy has that way of just making you fall in love. I think a lot of people have that experience, whether it's Venice or Rome or the hills of Tuscany, whatever it is, people seem to connect really, really strongly. And I understand that because that was my experience in Amalfi. And that's really the first place to start. But that doesn't mean necessarily that it's the right place for you to live. Yeah, and I, I can uh, I can agree with that um, because... Laura, as you know, I, I spent significant time. I started my Italian journey in Florence, and I felt very connected to the city for many reasons that were unexplainable. So I just assumed that meant that I was supposed to live there. So I had done an internship, and then I went back and um, and moved there. And I was just, you know, I expected it to feel the same as when I was temporarily there. You thought it was your place, right? Yeah. I mean, it was. it's simple. It's exactly what you said, like, you're, you know, I was like this. I love that you can walk everybody. It's like everywhere. Excuse me. It's like a, you know, it's a very um, convenient city. It's a very um, expat friendly city. You can travel everywhere. There was a train. So I was like, this is perfect. But it was kind of like one day I woke up and was like, oh, yeah, I loved actually, you know, my day trips and weekends when I was doing the internship here, when I was in the rolling hills of Tuscany. So in my mind, I thought when I returned, I would be living in like this jasmine and lavender filled Tuscan farmhouse, like, you know, with like all sorts of horses, even though I've never had a horse in my entire life. You know, I just made up this lifestyle of tranquility because it was so different than New York City. One of the things I've realized is that you can absolutely love a place and it might not be the right place for you to live. But that's what's so great about Italy is that I can hop on a train and in a very short time being in Florence. And that's something that uh, is is wonderful. I love Florence. I love visiting Florence. Um, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more. But it's, I, I, I love living by the sea. I'm not sure that I could imagine my Italian lifestyle that works for me without being close to the sea. Yeah, I loved, um, like I said, I loved being so close, close to Tuscany and the rolling hills, but I guess in my mind, I really wanted to live there in the Tuscan hills, but it wasn't convenient for me. I, um, I didn't have any desire to drive. I was okay taking public transportation, but it's not as reliable as maybe New York City public transportation where it runs all hours of the night, for example. So I guess like I opened up when um, I had taken a job as a tour leader for a travel company um, in Florence. And this helped me so much because I really started to spend significant time in other places of Italy. So for example, I was assigned to the Amalfi Coast and I I think it it was like a total of 40, 50 weeks after I was, you know, moving on from that job. So I got to dig a little bit into the Amalfi Coast culture more and more. And kind of like you said, Laura, I felt the same way. Like I grew up on Long Island not in New York City. So um, for those who aren't familiar, Long Island is basically um, the beaches and the vineyards uh, just east of Manhattan. So I grew up on the water and I didn't realize how important that would be to me until I was in 
Florence, which is basically a valley um, in the middle of the summer. And I was like, oh, this isn't for me. But then when I started traveling with the tour company, I started to realize how comfortable I felt also in the Amalfi Coast. But, you know, Destino <laughs> brought me to the south. Um, again, I loved Florence, but I realized my soul, probably because of my heritage, was connected um you know, to the South. My family's Sicilian, but there was something very familiar and comforting about the Neapolitan culture. So, you know, that's where I, that's what I discovered after, you know, kind of bouncing around to different places for work. But, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Um, and Laura, I know we have spoken about this before. Like, what are you looking for in Italy? Like, what's your why? Absolutely. That is the question. And I think your experience is really really help there to, to hear that because it's important to think about what sort of lifestyle you want to experience when you're in Italy and then to try it out. And so for me, yeah, I met, mentioned being close to the sea is important to me, but also the lifestyle of the Amalfi Coast. I really like, it's really relaxed, but there are some things that I do miss. And so there's something, and that's the thing that you have to keep in mind. When I said the Amalfi Coast might not be for everyone, that's because there's not everything here. So there's no way that it could be the right place to live for everyone because there are, for example, I personally really miss going to museums and having easy access to cultural events and concerts and that sort of thing. And so when I tend to travel in Italy, I go to places like Florence and Rome, and I sort of binge on all of the museums that I can make it to before my husband says enough <laughs> with the museums. Um, because I do. I mean, yes, Naples has everything. Naples has incredible museums, but um, it's just not that easy to get there. I miss that sort of ease to just walk across town or hop on a bus here, it's, it's a bit of an adventure to go anywhere off of the Amalfi Coast. And so it, I do, I do miss that. And, you know, but then again... You... Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like the bus thing, like everyone's like, the buses are very convenient, but that's a whole other um, <laughs> episode. But the bus... The buses are an adventure. <laughs> In like pre-COVID, it was an adventure. So now it's even more an adventure. Um, but like, it's not that they're not accessible. And anybody that doesn't know this, um, it's not that the there's not a lot of buses because they do run till pretty late, some of them 10 or 11 in, in most areas. It's just, they get quite busy in season. And it's, um, yeah, you could be left behind. That's the, that's the point. <laughs> well, well, and one thing that uh, to keep in mind is, on the Amalfi Coast, there's one road. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just a bit of an adventure at times. So, yes, anyway, there are plenty of museums in Campania, but I do miss that easy access. Yet, on the other hand, you, the summer comes, and the Ravello Festival uh, is, is a wonderful music and performing arts festival every summer in Ravello, and there are more concerts. Uh, it's great when Cassandra's here because we go and listen to them together. Mm-hmm. There are concerts in the piazzas and things like that. So there, there is that balance on the Amalfi Coast. Um, but it is something that is very seasonal. Well, you know, with that being said, um, thank you for reminding me of all those beautiful summer memories, like the beautiful concerts in Ravello with, you know, during sunset. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's amazing if you haven't done it. Um, put it on your bucket list. But, you know, it, a lot of people ask me, Laura, they'll say, oh, so when you're in 
are on the Amalfi Coast for, you know, those three months, I'm sure you go in the off season because nobody wants to go in summer. And, and this happens quite frequently. And I understand the mentality with that because it's, it's, um, it's the idea that like, why would I want to be there when it's so busy because of the one road, because of the buses. But for me, I'm a season person. Like I love following the seasons. And as you said, all the festivals are in the summer. Um, I don't mind, you know, hiking around instead of taking a, a bus or walking, you know, everything, as you said, in the summer is open, um, you know, all the beaches, all the beach clubs and knowing the area well, I mean, I'm sure you can agree, we can always find something to do that's a little off the beaten path. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add that because a lot of people ask me about like why I would choose the summer to be there. But I personally love it because of all the things that Laura, you shared about the concerts and things like that. Yes, that's something that's so important to keep in mind with many places in Italy, but I'd say especially the Amalfi Coast, because there is a tourist season here, and it's very clearly defined, meaning it starts around Easter or about April, and it goes until the end of October, pretty much. And after that, it's very, very quiet. <laughs> the winter months here are very quiet. And so if you visited the Amalfi Coast in, say, June, you might think that we get to enjoy everything that you see the entire year. But that's not what life is like year round here. All of those beach clubs that you enjoy and the seaside restaurants, a lot of those close as well as hotels and shops and just a lot of the activity. They take down the beach clubs, right? And some of these things, I mean, I, you know, even walking to Castellone, like they, they will take down the beach club. Like it's literally only built for the summer months in some parts, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you follow me on social media on Chao Amalfi, you'll see that there's actually a lot of damage to to the beach and port area from winter storms. So they usually take take down those wooden construction beaches, you know, beach clubs uh, during the winter so that they're not destroyed because we do have a tendency to have stronger seas and winter storms. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing to keep in mind is that things kind of get packed up at the end of October and the ferries stop running. And uh, we have those buses. That's all that's left. <laughs> Which are a, a bit easier, but maybe not as frequent, too, uh, in some aspects, right? Maybe not running as yeah. frequently. Yeah, there are summer schedules and winter schedules for the buses. And yeah, so life life really does change a lot based on the seasons. And so that's something to, to keep in mind. And I personally love the entire year here. I, I like it. I like the ebb and the flow. I like to see... The people arrive. I like to see this time of year, for example, in starting in February, March, you see all of the, the shops opening up, everybody's repainting, getting ready for the season. There's a anticipation in the air. And then Easter comes and that's the official launch of the season here. It's very busy. And then it just comes hot and heavy. And then it gets very busy in July and August. But I like that too. It's uh, I like the change. I like the way that Amalfi still has everything that's familiar, but that there's something that different that changes in the air. And just then, like in the fall, it starts to get cooler, things start to close. But then we have Christmas, which is a lot of fun in Amalfi. And so it, it, I like the change of I like the change of season when it comes to uh, the tourist season, and I like it when it comes to the to the weather as well. Yeah, it's like a it's like a new beginning every year. Uh, it's like a fresh start. I can see that. It actually makes me really excited to get back. 
um, you know, like that smell of spring in the air and like when the seasons change. But, you know, to your point, um, Amalfi Coast is not the only place like that. There is like in Luguria and, and Cinque Terre is very much like that as well. Um, and even parts of Puglia and Sicily. And now I'd like to, um, you know, I just want to overemphasize that it doesn't mean that you can't go to these places uh, during the off season. It just means it's a lot, you know, what Laura said. It's a lot like what Laura said, that maybe some of the shops are closed and, you know, maybe some of the hiking trails are closed because, you know, with the winter storms and things like that. And, you know, the weather can go back and forth, especially in Sicily. I've been in Sicily in February and I've been in October. In October, I was swimming. In February, I was in a jacket. Um, but, you know, a lot of things were open. So Laura also mentioned Christmas. So on the point of Christmas, because that's actually my second favorite time to travel is the Christmas season. And you can go to a lot of also the seaside villages and, um, you know, more uh, places that are more set up for it, like in Trentino Alto Aldoji, which I'll get to in a moment, or South Tyrol. Uh, but in December, or also Carnivale. Um, in Sicily, there's Santa Agata. So for certain festivals throughout the year, in the off season, the town will be up and running again. Um, especially like, um, you know, in Viareggio in, in Tuscany, they have an amazing uh, Carnivale parade and, and celebration, but that is a seaside town. So, you know, it's just paying attention and deciding what you want. Like, do you, like Laura said, she enjoys that quiet time. So do you enjoy that quiet time? Or would you prefer things to be a little bit more open and just do a little research to see maybe when it's quiet, but they open for certain events and, and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that is even different in different towns on the Amalfi Coast. Like, for example, you mentioned the, the winter festivals. And Amalfi uh, is fun in the winter from the period of, let's say, the end of November for the Festival of Sant'Andrea, which is at the end of November, the town's patron saint. And the Christmas decorations are usually up right around that time. And so you have this festive atmosphere that lasts all through December. And usually there are these incredible Capodanno bands, which is New Year's bands that perform. I know you love those. I love those. <laughs> they, they, uh, they perform these large bands with a lot of homemade instruments, and it's just, it's so much fun. That goes on through December around Christmas, and New Year's Eve is a, is, is a blast here, usually. Not this year. <laughs> it's very quiet. But there's usually a large fireworks display over the sea that's just spectacular and music. And really everything continues until the epiphany. And then things, that's, then that's the real quiet season in Amalfi. Um, and now, but see, that's, that varies depending on where you're at on the coast. Because there are certain towns, Positano is extremely quiet in the winter Ravello also very, very quiet. Yes, they do have some town festivities for Christmas, absolutely. But Amalfi is, uh, for me, is, is, is a lot of fun around Christmas time as well, like Cassandra was saying. Well, I just want to add, this was the first year I spent um, the December season there. Cause, so I've spent December in Naples. I've spent December in the north and all over. But I haven't actually been placed on the Amalfi Coast for a significant time in December. So this year, um, I was there, and I was trying all the um, amazing desserts. I just want to add this in, at Panza, like the Rococo and a Masticciolo, and the things they only make for a couple weeks or, you know, a month during the holiday season. I mean, it's the same with Easter, but you can find pastiera 
kind of at different times of the year, but I haven't seen these cookies and, and types of desserts um, anytime other than this year when I've been there November, December. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah, we had fun with that. <laughs> I was like, Cassandra, you have to try this. You have to try that. Oh, and you have to go to Savoia, this other uh, this other bakery in Amalfi. Don't, e- so, no, no, don't even get a start that. on the panettone, but that'll be like, we'll just have a whole episode on food, I promise. Um, but I just couldn't resist adding that in, uh, you know, when we were talking about Christmas. So speaking of Christmas, I have never spent it anywhere else in Italy. So yeah, I have been all over. Um, you know, again, this could be a whole episode on Christmas travel. I definitely think we should do that when uh, we're getting into the season. But I really love uh, the North. Uh, as I said, I, I really like to follow the season. So around November, end of October, I tend to go towards Piedmont because of the truffles season, the tartufo. And um, I really love Torino. They also have... Um, a great kind of late fall, early winter scene. And the same, of course, with South Tyrol and the Dolomiti. So I wanted to add in quick, anybody who's really into summer, uh, excuse me, snow or snow adventure sports, um, they have a season too. So, you know, it's not just snow all year round um, in the north of Italy. I, I wanted to point this out because um, although you see these beautiful pictures, especially from Torino, if it's not a foggy day, you can see the snow-capped mountains, um, but it's not always snowing in the north. I mean, just like the south, I mean, you can go and have amazing um, hikes, and it's probably the most natural, green, um, breathtaking scenery uh, of Italy being in the north um, during the summer. So some people prefer that, and it's a lot less crowded than the south because most Italians like to head to the beach. But you can definitely visit there in the um, in the summer, but most people who are really into winter sports uh, or skiing, snowboarding, or, you know, anything um, in the cold weather tend to go um, really uh, – towards the end of December, and then the season reaches into March. So, uh, you know, March is the best time for a lot of these people because it's not as cold and the snow has been there, you know, been coming in all season. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'll have to do a whole episode uh, with Laura on um, on telling you, Laura, about the Christmas markets because, you know, that's my obsession. But I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, when's the right time to visit and what you like to do, uh, depending on what you like to do. And I would say, you know, for snow, snow, you know, travelers, consider late December um, into, uh, you know, into March. But, you know, with that being said, I think we should just mention, Laura, if you agree, that it's very common for, you know, um, people who live in Naples to get a house on, you know, the Sorrento Peninsula or the Amalfi Coast or to buy a small apartment so that they can have the best of both worlds. So if they prefer the city life, they do come out on the weekends. And it's the same in the north. I just want to point that out as well. So people from the city center of Piedmont, you know, may get, you know, a property in Ostia Valley or in the mountains um, in the north somewhere, either, you know, um, around the Alps or the Dolomiti. So it is very common for, you know, for people to travel on the weekends, you know, not like me out of a suitcase all the time, but um, they do try to balance. It is possible to have a balanced life if you want a little bit of both. Yeah, so that's a bit of uh, an overview of some of the different parts of Italy if you are a summer person or a winter person, and to just spend some time thinking about uh, what it is that you love to do. What is it? What, what do you love about where, where you live or where you want to live? Because Italy offers a little bit 
of everything. You can relax by the beach or you could head up north. There are so many beautiful parts of the country to 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 connect with. And that's um, that where you can find that that local feel. You know, that that's what everybody is after is how do you find that local feel? And in my experience, it's possible it's very much possible in very popular tourist areas, just as much as a small town in you know, very rural countryside. And that might seem strange to say, but I, that's based on over a decade living in a very small town on the Amalfi coast called Scala. And life there um, is, is very different than what a, a lot of people experience when they visit the Amalfi coast. It's extremely quiet. It's more, you're more likely to pass sheep and donkeys with their little bells ringing uh, going up and down the stairs and it's it's that it's that very quiet very peaceful lifestyle that uh is very different than Amalfi and that's that that's that's taught me that um that 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 local feel can change very much just oftentimes from town to town and that uh that's why you have to to really get here and uh and, and try out staying in different places and experiencing different places to find to find the right fit for you. Yeah, so that's why, you know, um, I wish so much I was into this idea of a one euro house, especially a lot of them are in Sicily, but I just, that's a little too rural for me. Um, you know, Long Island is not a completely isolated place where I grew up. It, it's very close to Manhattan. So that's why I loved Naples at first, because I felt like it was, you know, like Florence and many New York City. So when I first moved to the South, I was like, oh, I'm going to try out Naples because I, you know, I feel really comfortable here. It's an amazing city, has all these things. But um, but then I realized, you know, I, I need a little bit of tranquility, but I needed to be closer. So that's where Sorrento and Amalfi Coast came in uh, for me. I just wanted to add that because uh, a lot of people have asked about the one euro house, and I I have seen these stories where it's really worked out um, for many people. Um, I need to find there was a few people on Instagram that I found just this week that they were like, "You need to do this," uh, but for me, a little too isolated, just a little too much for me personally. Yeah, it's it's an incredible opportunity again if it's the right fit for you because so many of those towns you you do have to be committed to to say to say, I'm going to have a car, I'm going to drive. And again, it's that whole, you want to look at the questions of, of lifestyle and, and really, really have a good long think about the dailiness of life because everything seems, um, everything seems easy at first, but then when you have to, to get in the car and drive somewhere every time you want to buy bread or, get some fruit and vegetables. It, it, it's, it's something to think about. There's absolutely, and maybe you do that at home right now and that that's absolutely doesn't phase you. But it is something to think about uh, whether you're based uh, in a city or more rural or even on the Amalfi Coast. As I, as I mentioned, you know, where I lived in Scala was so incredible, very quiet. But again, I mean, I had to walk about uh, a good 15 minutes to get to the store. And then again, you have to walk home with your groceries. So it was much easier to, to drive to get groceries, even though it was a very small town. And so now when I compare that to the dailiness of my life in Amalfi, where the store is just around the corner and I can, if I forget something, just dash down to the store, it makes a big difference. So even 
when you know, Amalfi and Scala are very close together, I can stand at the end of the port in Amalfi and literally see the house in Scala. <laughs> but yet the lifestyle is so different in small, subtle ways. And so my number one tip would be to try to visit as often as you can. If it's possible, if you have a place that you connect to, number one, and that you seems, you know, that, 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 that you connect to and that you really feel like uh, this is the right place for you, then to go and visit and to visit different times of the year if possible. So let's say, for example, you're interested in the Amalfi Coast and living here, absolutely come during the best times of the year, come in April or May and June or September. But you should also come in August because if you want to live on the Amalfi Coast year round, you need to know what the August tourist crowds feel like <laughs> because it's very different than the rest of the year. But then you should also come in in January or February when it's extremely quiet because those are all aspects of the dailiness of life on the Amalfi Coast, which varies. So in some places you might find that it's pretty consistent year round and maybe that's what you're looking for. I want a small, quiet town that's going to be the same all year long. Or maybe I want the hustle and bustle of a city and, and Rome is for me because it has museums and culture and concerts all year long. And I like that consistency as well. Whereas here on the Amalfi Coast, like I said, there's an ebb and a flow. And I, I personally connect to that because I like that. I like, I like it changing. But I do think that no matter where you're at in Italy, whether you're thinking of Venice or Rome or, or Tuscany, try to get there in different seasons and make sure that it's right for you before you commit to living there. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say that go on your own timeline. And why I say that is I don't want you to feel discouraged. So I, um, I spend a lot of time in Atrani, which is the town next to uh, Atrani in Italian, um, which is the town next to Amalfi. Um, it is one of the smallest villages in Italy. And so it's very local. And I've always felt very comfortable there. Um, but, you know, if I didn't, I wasn't best friends with everybody in town in the, in the first couple weeks. I think taking that pressure off yourself to become, quote unquote, a local is where we get in our own head. So, you know, go on your own timeline. First, get adjusted. I mean, Laura gave great recommendations, like visit there different times of the year, figure out how you want to live, what your lifestyle is going to be like, and, and just slowly immerse into the culture. I really feel like, it was this year when I started to, you know, feel comfortable to ask Mimi and Coco if they could bring something up to the apartment or, you know, have a, a coffee with Mimo in, in, uh, in the piazza. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with that after three years. You know, I don't, I don't put any pressure on myself. Like I said, I really want you to take any pressure of yourself to blend into the culture. It's okay to be an expat or to be somebody who wasn't born in the town or in Italy. Um, I think they're just so appreciative to have you there um, and love their location and, and their, their city. Um, so just keep remembering your why, you know, what your goal is. Don't get down on yourself. Um, for, like I said, immersing, in, if you can't immerse into the culture on the first week or first year of living there. But also, I told the story earlier of Florence because 
I wanted you to know that, you know, I didn't just end up on the Amalfi Coast. I didn't just end up feeling comfortable living in Naples or, you know, Milan or Rome. I, I tried out these different places, like Laura said, um, but I don't regret that. I mean, really, it took me 10 years to get to where I wanted to be and to figure out my lifestyle. And I'm so grateful for that. I, I learned so many lessons um, about the food and the people and the culture. Um, now I can go almost anywhere in Italy and I have friends. I can, you know, have a Negroni, um, or I should say an Americano because that's the real drink in Torino where it was invented with my friend Alessandro, who's my colleague in, in Piedmont. I can go to Florence and I have dinner with my family and people that are like my family there. Um, Naples, you know, I have Vincenzo and his family. They're like my second family. So don't get down on yourself about uh, or putting pressure on yourself about immersing. But also, you know, don't look at anything along this journey as a mistake. It's okay to start over. It's okay to try out different places because I really do promise you will learn so much about yourself and about Italy Uh through, you know, the good and the bad. Absolutely. And along with going on your own timeline is is patience. That's sort of the fundamental aspect <laughs> of it. Because and I'm not talking about Italian bureaucracy because that that's that's famous. But actually a whole other thing. Yeah, we're not doing a podcast on that. Um, but uh, but I mean it more in the sense of of giving yourself that time to adjust, like Cassandra was talking about, to a place and and to get to know it. And for me personally, this might not be the case with everyone, but for me personally, that comes from observation and just experiencing life as it is and seeing it for what it is, meaning this lifestyle is going to be very different than what I'm used to. And how how do I work here? How do I fit in? And it's it's a process. I think it's a process for everyone. Yeah, I I agree, obviously. You know, it just I guess that's the whole theme. We just we just want you to enjoy it enjoy the process um, and try out different things um, and lots of food. I keep saying that and drinks, I'm <laughs> throwing in all the food and the wine. Always the food and the drinks. But that's exactly what we're here to do with the Rediscover Italy podcast. It's to, it's to really inspire you to get out there. And like we said at the beginning, maybe you're not even thinking about living in Italy. Maybe you're just wanting to travel to Italy. So all of these things apply because for me, there's, there's so much in Italy to choose from that if I, even for me thinking, where would I go on holiday? I, I could, I could list you off the top of my head, my top 20 places that I want to go see in Italy. So I know that it's hard to choose. And so I think a lot of what we've touched on also will help you if you're trying to decide where to go on holiday. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree as a travel planner. Because um, <laughs> like, it, it, it's very hard to tell somebody um, in one phone call when they say, help me choose some places to um, to visit. So we hope this podcast can be you know, another tool for that um, as well. So at the end of each episode, we'll be answering a question from a listener, as we told you um, on the premiere of the show. So we wanted to start out today with this very lovely question um, sent in saying, how did you and Laura meet? Well, the short answer is the wonders of social media. <laughs> Thank God for it. Yeah, I mean... We, you know, I, I always tell people that in the beginning, Instagram, if you haven't been on Instagram since 2014 or 15, it was very different in the sense that you were really talking to the people behind 
the photos all the time. Um, so it was very easy to connect with Laura there uh, because obviously I loved Amalfi and um, maybe she looked at my profile. I don't know. I We just connected there somehow. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, I remember following uh, Cassandra and thinking, wow, she really knows Italy. <laughs> and I have so much to learn about other places in Italy. So that was just a natural uh that, that was a natural connection at first. And then I could tell that, that you loved the Amalfi Coast. So it was just, yeah, <laughs> it well, was an funny easy. Because I was thinking about it. We, we were t trying to meet up and trying to collaborate. I wrote this to Laura recently. We've been trying to collaborate literally since 2016, I think, um, on email. I can find emails with Laura going back in a day. But it was ultimately the Soli Yoga Holidays uh, retreat in Positano that we met in person. Like it, it brought us together and I think we were talking about, um, I, I was just living in Sorrento that year in a small town in the Sorrento Peninsula. That's right. And I was like, yeah. I really want to live on the Amalfi Coast. And Laura's like, I could help. <laughs> yeah. And then it just, it just worked out. We connected and uh, you ended up spending a lot more time in Atrani. And, and I remember at first, uh, I felt so bad because the first time that you spent an extended amount of time on the Amalfi Coast was when I was writing my guidebook. Oh, right. And I wasn't really leaving my desk. <laughs> and Cassandra was so sweet because she showed up one day with flowers and we had lunch and then ended up going on um, a hike. And it was, it was great. It was great. You were so patient. <laughs> yeah, there were lots of donkeys on the hike. That was probably the first time I really saw a lot of donkeys because we were walking down from Scala. I think. Yeah, I told you, Scala, lots of donkeys. <laughs> I was like, wow, she wasn't lying. Uh, Laura also reminds me of my best friend at home um, in New York, Stephanie. So that was really, I think that was another reason personally why it was easy to connect um, to you as well. So yeah, that's our story. Yeah, the Amalfi Coast brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it for this episode of the Rediscover Italy podcast. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to, to, to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or Google Play so you won't miss any future episodes. And you will find all these listening options and more on the website at www.rediscoveritalypodcast.com where you can also sign up for our newsletter and find links to our social media where we hope you'll join us to share even more of the Italy we all love. And please do share the podcast with your friends and family. And if you have a chance, uh, we'd love it if you could leave us a review. Uh, it helps a lot online. Yes, it definitely helps. So thank you. Grazie mille. And a presto. A presto. Thank you.